0: Living Local, telling the stories that connect us, a
1: United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast. Today, we mark a couple of milestones for the Living Local podcast, our one-year anniversary and our youngest and cutest guest to date. To celebrate one year of Living Local, we invited Tonda Thompson to join us again. Tonda was our very first interview in August of 2016, when she shared her journey from losing a child to working on the issue of infant mortality here at United Way. At the time, Tonda was finishing her tenure as a public ally with the Life Course Initiative for Healthy Families, and was preparing to move on to another position. Today, Tonda is back at United Way, once again working with LifeCourse. Tonda has also experienced another big change over the past year. She gave birth to a beautiful son, Jelani Rashid. Tanda brought five-month-old Jelani along to our podcast interview, and, believe me, he is just as cute over audio as he is in person. Join Tanda, Life Course and United Way at the second annual Harunbe 5K Walk Run for Healthy Birth Outcomes next Saturday, August 5th. This first-of-its-kind event was designed to raise awareness and to prevent infant mortality and will take place as part of the annual Bronzeville Week. Learn more and register at unitedwaygmwc.org slash harunbee. That's H-A-R-U-N-B-E-E. Now, on to our interview with Tonda and Jelani. Last year was the first annual Harun Bay 5K yes. run walk for, inf- or for healthy birth outcomes, and that's Harun Bay, R-U-N, in the middle, mm-hmm. um, and that took place in the neighborhood of Harun Bay, RUM. there in the middle here in Milwaukee. It's actually uh, right here, kind of adjacent to United Way, and it's the neighborhood you grew up in. Mm-hmm. And now it's the, the second year, and, yes. the, and the event is happening again. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this year?
0: Yeah, so on August 5th, we're partnering with Bronzeville Week. So we're actually the kickoff event. So we're more um, intertwined with the actual event itself this year, um, which is the city, city of Milwaukee event this year. Bronzeville Week is having the Cultural Fest, Arts and Culture Fest, on the day of Harumbe. So we're pretty much the kickoff for the event, for the week, um, and, you know, what we know for Bronzeville, you know, is a, a very historical neighborhood, you know, goes back, you know, to the 1920s. So it's, it's just a, um, a pride to bring a, a walk run, which is from a neighborhood that I'm from, that benefits um, the reduction of infant mortality, and it honors babies such as, you know, my son Terrell, and, you know, my, my baby here, Jelani. Um, it's, it's a great pride um, but this year we're, we're up in the stakes a little bit. Um, we're, we're providing you know an actual time race which is a certified uh, time 5k that we're going to have this year. We're certified with US track and field so I'm looking to get um, you know actual runners that want to compete to get you know decent times from throughout the, the, the region so I'm saying like you know Chicago maybe get some people from Madison, maybe Green Bay. We're looking to get different runners that that can come out and and not just you know a competitive run. We want you know families to bring strollers and babies out too. So don't don't be too intimidated <laughs> <laughs> with it being it's a very family race. friendly event. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, if you want to lace up your sneakers and you know beat the time, K, okay, beat your best time, do it. But if you just want to just you know walk out with your babies and just walk and talk with um you know a lot of city leaders you know do the walk too. So. You might be able to walk next to the mayor and have a conversation with the mayor or, you know, with Arthur woman Cox. you know, different different people that you would never expect to be at a walk run, you know, they, they support for Rumbay and they'll be there.
1: It It's probably not hard to get people on board, huh? No, no.
0: I mean, it is hard, but, you know, our city has a, a strong issue of um, racial disparities and birth outcomes, so... I think we have some pretty genuine city leaders who are dedicated to reducing that um, that health disparity as well. So um, they're, they're they're involved heavily, you know, such as Mayor Baird, the um, Commissioner Baker, as well as Arthelone McCogg. So there there are champions, and they've been there. Mm-hmm. They they and I hope that they continue to stay stay with us and fight with us.
1: So, last time we talked, you were about to move on from, from United Way, yes. on out into the world. Uh, you had been a public ally here working with the Life Course Initiative for Healthy Families, our healthy birth outcomes work here at United Way for two years, mm-hmm. and um, you're ready to move on, but now you're back here at United Way, so kind of what was that journey? That journey,
0: I think that journey was meant to happen. Um, you know, I, I did take up another position at the city. Um, and, you know, leaving here, I, you know, I think many people knew that I did not want to leave. This and we didn't want
1: you to leave. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was a, this was the most consistent job that I, I was dedicated to. You know, you know, you know, you get up, you hate going to work. You'd be like, you know, with other jobs, you'd be like, okay, I hate this job, I don't want to do this. You know, I'm just... Here for a paycheck, but this job it wasn't like that. It was like, okay, you have a divine purpose with this job. Like you are saving babies, and that's what. Um, sorry. That's what drove me to come to work every day. You know, and I wanted to be a part of the the life collaborative. You know, for for as long as it could last. And I and it, it I was really sad that I had to go. <laughs> but um, you know. I had accepted that you know things come to an end and I went and I accepted another position and then this little guy came into the picture (laughs) you know because I was pregnant I decided to take the time off to you know make sure that he's born safe and healthy and of course I had mental challenges you know being afraid that the same thing will happen to him as it did with Terrell so during that time I got with organizing Harambee and being a public ally, and I own a business, you know, photography business. So I was doing so much at the time. So when when he came into the picture, Jelani, I just took the time to really rest and you know decompress all of those different emotions that I had, um, and just lay it all at, uh, lay it all out on the table. Um, and when he was born, you know, it was it was just a, a sigh of relief, and I was able to you know give all my love to him and love myself better and get myself back into shape and so I think that time really helped me really come to the realization like okay is this what you really want to do is is this do you really want to work in this work you know having the trauma that you have you know losing the child is it something seriously that you want to do so that was really the question I was asked when you know when I was hired back on like are you do you seriously want to do this because you're going to work you know, with issues of infant mortality every day, and you went through this yourself. So I'm like, look, I know this is what I wanna do. And um, I think that time away really grounded me to where I could get up and make a a greater impact in the community now, moving forward.
1: You mentioned that you were scared, Mm -hmm. and I think that's completely understandable. Um, You lost a son uh, shortly after he was born Mm -hmm. in 2013, I believe. Mm -hmm. And Of course you know them being pregnant again and and having gone through that experience um, I think that's that's very understandable that you would be scared what specifically did you do or who did you talk to to kind of deal with those feelings and and help help yourself kind of get through the pregnancy in a good state of mind
0: well I have to be honest I did seek um, you know mental mental help Um, you know I did um, I had my mom was there, my, my dad was there, my, my whole entire family was there, you know, not just, you know, two individuals, but my my family was a great support. But me personally, you know, it, it's always in the back of your mind like what if, what if, what if? And, you know, you feel closer to the you know, the, the, the end, end stage of the third trimester, you know, you feel the baby moving, you know he's alive, um, you know he's well. So to be honest, I was a pain to my, my OB. <laughs> I would call every week say, you know, saying like, Okay, can we take him out? You know, I was literally begging her, you know, within the last three weeks or so to, to have a cesarean earlier than scheduled because I knew he, I knew that he was alive and well. So I was I was so afraid that I called my OB literally every day asking her to <laughs> schedule it. What did she say? She, she said no, Tonda, like <laughs> like are you serious? No like no but um i think she she understood and it was never like uh I, I didn't annoy her or anything but you know i'm not sure about her nurses but i did call for every single little thing if every every movement every every you know two hours or so if i didn't feel him move i caught her you know but their office you know which is freighter um they were so receptive of me, and they embraced me the whole entire time, and especially during the delivery with Jelani. They knew that I lost a baby in the beginning, and they knew that I was afraid because uh, the morning of, because we I had a s- scheduled cesarean with him on March 10, so the morning of um, before uh, his his uh, surgery was scheduled at 8:30, so the morning before I was just so nervous, like I was like a you know deer stuck in the headlight. like I was. Really wasn't receptive of anything. I was so afraid that you know the same thing would happen, and the nurses they just really embraced me and they told me Tonda, you know it's gonna work out, it's gonna be fine, you know. And when he came, they and, and they they introduced me to the term rainbow baby, which is you know your second baby after you lost a baby. So they said, hey Tonda, you have a rainbow baby. So the whole hospital was talking about the rainbow baby, Jelani. So it was it was just such a blessing and. The whole entire hospital welcomed them, as well as you know our families welcomed them in. So,
1: why do they call it Rainbow Baby?
0: Rainbow Baby is um, a term for babies who are born after the first after a baby is lost. Yeah. So he's gonna, a he's a Rainbow Baby. What
1: happens after a storm? Yeah, okay, the rainbow. Rainbow comes. Yeah. Little Rainbow Baby. hmm Wow. Mm-hmm. So, were there any tips or tricks that you learned from either the the you know, mental health professional you worked with, your doctor, your family, that really helped you kind of, um, helped you through when you were having a tough time? Um, time is your best
0: friend because, you know, I can say, <laughs> I can say, um, sorry my son is having <laughs> fun with his bottle here, I can say, um, <laughs> Time is your best friend because like one week I'll be feeling like a million bucks and literally the next day, w- one day I can feel like a million bucks and the next day I feel like, you know, crap again. So he's not too loud, is he? No,
1: no, he's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
0: I, You know, one day I, I would feel like everything was over, like my my, sunny, my rainy days were over, you know, then the next day something would trigger you know, I I would see a baby and just get triggered really um, really fast to, to going back into the, a deep stage of depression like the next day so they would say time is your best friend and, and, and you know it's a process of, of, of trusting yourself and believing that you can get through it um, and it doesn't it doesn't uh, happen overnight so believing in time is your best friend and not trying to rush yourself out of there and, and understanding that, it's going to take time to get through it. Like You have to really know that it's, it's not going to happen overnight.
1: No, I think that's that's excellent advice, and I think that's probably great advice for, for anyone who's gone through mental health struggles or had a, a trauma in their life and, and are dealing with that on an ongoing basis. July is Minority Mental Health Month, mm-hmm. um, and I think for a lot of people, and maybe particularly white people, mm-hmm. it's kind of... A question of why Minority Mental Health Month? What's mm-hmm. the difference? You know, doesn't everybody has mental health mm-hmm. problems? But why is that so important to focus on minority mental health? Yeah,
0: well, I can definitely speak on that because you can quote um, Dr. Joy Deguri. She's the um, author of Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome, um, and she speaks of epigenetics as in you know the mental effects of slavery and how it goes through generations to generations. Um, we are dealing with many different um, social economic issues and uh, social health disparities um, within the African-American community, especially in Milwaukee, um, dealing with segregation and racism. Um, and and I can zoom it in into infant mortality, like the, the stress of a mom, you know, mental health is so important to black women and black men as well, black families because you know, we dealing with so much other aspects of racism, others, you know, social system systematic things that are bothering us throughout the day, you know, we are threaten threatening our, you know, our reproductive health system. And when we have a baby, we're so at risk at risk of having prematurity issues or, you know you know, health other health issues with babies, you know, and we're and stress leads being stressed and, you know, not taking care of our mental well-being can lead to stress and having other um, health issues such as diabetes, hypertension. Um, so when we don't check our own well- mental health well-being, you know, we, d- to be honest, black people, we d- we're so resilient in a way that we just, just keep going and, and all of that stuff keeps piling on, piling on, piling on to where we explode. And um, I think it's so important, important for the world to look at the other, um, you know, aspects of mental health and, and other social issues that happens within the city. And um, if we looked at all of those different things at a different lens, we'll see why, you know, we're suffering from high violence in this community, why there are, you know, high disparities in health. So um, it's, it's, it's so important um, to, to really pay attention to black health. And, um, and minority health because they're like I said, you know, in pertaining to black health and you know even you know with um, Latino um, the different uh, even with Native American if you look at you know the different issues that are going on at reservations uh, with the with their health disparities it's it's all from um, you know get from either slavery or, or or you know I can get deep to, into it and say you know genocide of the you know natives and everything like that. Um,
1: So that, even though it happened, really, it's not that long ago, but, you know, over a hundred years ago, it still affects the black community? It still affects
0: the black community. Um, You know, things that my grandmother grew up being stressed about kind of, you know, kind of was passed down to my mother and she's stressed about those same thing and it's passed on to, you know, me and my son. Like, I'm stressed, mm-hmm. you know, just thinking about, you know, my son, you know, what's gonna happen to him when he grows up to become a, a black man, you know? So that that mental aspect, you know, plays on into my mind or, or if you think about what Dr. Joy DeGruy said, you know, with, you know, epigenetics of, you know, black mother, um, not being cognitive of how she treats her baby because you know back in the slavery time a mother would you know talk down her child you know just so that the slave or slave masters wouldn't sell or trade the you know the child so she'll say oh that child is bad that child is horrible or that child is ugly just to protect her child from being you know shipped away. Um, So we still kind of have that same mental aspect of, you know, degrading our children, degrading ourselves as people um, so that we won't, you know, be, you know we still have that mindset of us being slaves slave, shipped away. So we have to check our mental well-being and say, okay, we have to change it within our self-esteem and say that we're great people, we're great individuals, and that our children's gonna be great in order for our future to be great. So.
1: During it. during Minority Month, Mental Health Month, it sounds like it's not just raising awareness of what individuals can do mm-hmm. to seek um, mental health treatment and to improve their own mental health, but what we can do as a community on a systems level yes. to yes. to improve the mental health of the black community, the Latino community, the Native American community. Um, yes. What do you think could be done on a systems level?
0: Um, you know, as my position, um, we're funded. I work for Milwaukee Life Course Initiative for Healthy Families, and we're funded by uh, WPP, Wisconsin Partnership Program. Um, you know, our job is to uh, my job as a community engagement coordinator is to get out and to educate people on the different aspects of how those um, those different issues, such as you know mental health, you know disparities, or you know. Or segregation or racism, how that how that affects infant mortality. So, you know, my job is to get out there and, and to, to to have those seminars and to have those trainings and to have Harambe and say, look, this is this this is all important. This is all connected together. Um, but from a, a systems aspect, greater than you know, Milwaukee Life and United Way, um, we have to look at you know legislation to where we could encourage our uh, like our, our state representatives or you know state senators that don't look at and, and pertaining to Milwaukee don't look at Milwaukee as that dark cloud of, of people who are you know don't know what they're doing they're ignorant or they don't have a job like look at it from a different lens and saying okay they've been going through some things for the last you know 400 years or so you know what can we do to make these changes what can we do to change the narrative? on how people are perceived and we have to change the narrative um from within we can't you know you know someone from well can't tell me how (laughs) you know how how i need to change my life or get mental health for what i'm doing but we we need to build trust within our neighborhoods and 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 find out what's really going on and and figure out how we can you know be an asset to each other
1: so how is being a new mom? <laughs>
0: <laughs> this guy, um, he, he taught me how to love again. Um, I get emotional when I think about it because you know when I lost Terrell, um, I lost I lost the marriage. I lost friends, and you know, I really became like this firecracker. Like I wanted to just fight racism, fight infant mortality. Like I was such a fighter, and. Um, such a strong advocate um but when the literally the the day the moment Jelani was born like when he I was just like whoa like I have a child I have a son um and I fell immediately in love with him and it I don't know what happened in my spirit but it just it was just like, okay, you need to tell everybody that you just went off on last week. <laughs> tell them that you're sorry. Like, just call them, like, just go say sorry to everybody. And and literally I was, I was, you know, forced to, in my mind I wanted to rekindle relationships, you know. I wasn't, you know, a jerk or anything, but I was just really direct with people and um, I was really bitter. Um, this guy taught me how to love again, so. All of, those, I, all of those wrongs, I went and did it right after him and I wanted to make sure that, you know, he knows that I love him with all of my heart. Mm-hmm. So he just, he, he, made a, he made a change in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm really responsible now, which is weird. <laughs> you know, I have a savings, you know, we have savings before, but I saved money for him. Um, I, you know, I, I just really, I changed my whole entire aspect of life with him coming around, yeah.
1: What advice do you have for other new moms? Maybe moms of color in particular?
0: I think we're, I always talk about resiliency and with black mothers and black families. But when you're having a baby, like we need to really embrace motherhood because we're taught to just keep working, keep working hard, keep, you know, just keep being a machine basically. (laughs) But this guy we're taught to be a machine. Um, I know this is this is this it's is the is reality. All, this is authentic moment. Okay, <laughs> advice. Always have a blanket so <laughs> when your son poops around you, <laughs> don't have <laughs> don't have. Should we a take a break? No, Sometimes no, no. He's, he's okay. Uh-huh. I got it. Um, but um, yeah. Advice, watch out for uh, poops up the back, but that, that's some <laughs> advice. But no, seriously, um, we're taught to um, just keep working hard and, and not to really embrace that you are, uh, you know, you're having something that, that a lot of people, you know, wish they can have and um, you're, you're a woman and you're, you're creating a human being in your body and this human being that's gonna come out your body is gonna have his own fingerprints, his own DNA. There's never gonna be another person like the one that you're having. Um, to really embrace having a baby, really embrace motherhood, um, because it's, it's nothing, nothing like it, and this is such a joy. So I think that new moms should just take a break. You know, not not just a you know the six weeks given that you're. Excuse me, that your job gives you, but um, just really embrace motherhood because it's it's nothing like it. It's nothing like it. And, and me, especially being a mother who's lost a child, um, it was just always so. It used to be hard for me to go to baby showers and you know before, but and now it's like. Whenever you have that moment, whenever you see that moment of somebody else you know, receiving that gift of having a child. Like, I really just pour into other people and say, look, this is the greatest, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, you know, you're having a human in your body. Like, make sure you just celebrate and enjoy it and just love it as much as you can.
1: What's kind of one, one thing that you really hope for Jelani?
0: I want Jelani to be an obstetrician. Oh, (laughs) specific. I want him to be a man that, that is a doctor that makes make sure that all babies are delivered healthy. Um, I, I want him to be in honor of his big brother, Terrell. I want him to make sure that the other babies are born healthy, but from a, a healthcare perspective, I want him to See beyond, um, you know. I I would love for him to do that, but I know he's probably gonna be like, Mom, I don't want to do that. I want to <laughs> do this. But um, I would love for him to be a doctor and to make sure that, make sure that he he makes sure that babies are born healthy, and wow. and whenever he does it, to make sure he honor his big brother in the yeah. way he can.
1: Well, maybe in thirty <laughs> five. Years? Yes. We'll be interviewing Dr. Jelani
0: Rashid. <laughs> Dr. Jelani, she, yes. And i yes. And I'll be like, remember that
1: lady? <laughs> <laughs> remember, you pooped in front of her. I know, right? <laughs> you pooped while you on the podcast. <laughs> i be like, mom, oh my God.
0: <gasps> he did that when we were on TMJ4, too. Did he?
1: Yeah. He so. knows. He
0: knows. He knows when to do it. <laughs> so. so funny. He knows when to do it. He makes uh, presents at the right moment. Yes, yes. He's giving what he can. He's like here, here's here's a gift for you. Oh, uh, well, yes.
1: Tonda, thanks so much. Thanks for bringing Jelani, and we love having him here at the office. And I and thought just... he would talk. <sighs> just kind of breathing. Jelani. My... <laughs> <laughs> He's got his fist in his mouth. Yes. Well, he definitely, I think he definitely made his presence known (laughs) today.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just keep the audio. You'll hear it. Yeah.
1: Well, Tonda, we're so happy for you, and I'm so glad you're back and back doing what you're supposed to do. You know, it just really feels like we're really lucky to have you, and I'm lucky to be here. That was United Way's Tonda Thompson with her son, Jelani Rashid. You can meet Tonda and Jelani next Saturday, August 5th. At the Harun Bay 5K Walk Run for Healthy Birth Outcomes, register at unitedwaygmwc.org/harunbay. That's H-A-R-U-N-B-E-E. Living Local is produced by myself, Katie Kuhn, Melissa Hannon, John Waldbauer, and Brian McCaig. A special thank you to Ethan and Maeve McCaig for providing the music and voice talent for our introduction. Love living local. Help us celebrate one year on the air by browsing our episode archives at unitedwaygmwc.org slash podcast.